As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. It's good to have you joining us back here in the Unlucky Lounge for a brand new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of this, the Unlucky Lounge. And joining me as always is the 2-2 that's always there for you, except when it's the day slash week after Geist of St. Draft Day. <laughs> Borok, man, how are you feeling? <laughs> I mean, I partied, but you really put it away, my friend. Uh, you took off like five days after that Geist of St. Traff's Day celebration. You know you can only take off so many days in a year. Well, we'll keep it to a dull roar. A dull roar, I promise you. We're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. But while we're still in Monoscrew Manor, we have ourselves a mystery to solve. But before we get to that mystery, a few bits of housekeeping and upkeeping. As always, this podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness. Keep your midday blues away with Believe. And of course, this show is here because of all of you, my listeners, my fellow unlucky lounge rats. So find us on socials, on Twitter, on TikTok, on YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. You can find me on Instagram, Corey Damone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you some joy, think about helping us out on Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes below, but you can also put directly into the URL, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. A dollar per episode set monthly spending limits. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. And good news is all of our patrons get Extra Friday. That's right. We bring out our Friday night podcast episodes a day early for the show. And if you want to have a little extra Friday in your week, come and join our patrons. I truly couldn't do the show without all of them. Well, friends, that's enough of the housekeeping and the upkeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet, but we might be opening up that Sorcerer's Broom Conjurer's Closet area very soon because we are headed to a very magical land. Folks, Strixhaven is on the horizon. That means that Mark Rosewater's classic, traditional, 
blogatog post, giving us little teasers, little hints of the things we have to come to expect in the coming magic set. It's out, and it's filled with some juiciness, and we've got five selected mysteries that we want to make a prediction for here on the podcast today. Before we dig into that, a few bits of, let's say, reviewing from this past weekend, and... We're going to go back a little bit further into our previous prediction episode where we talked about the teasers from Call Time. So first off, this weekend, of course, was the Time Spiraled Remastered Online Sealed Deck Tournament Gathering via Discord and Channel Fireball. Me and a good friend of mine, we went on and we did some two-headed giants. And I'm not going to lie, I felt a little bit reticent of playing online with someone, playing online with a partner Whereas back in the old LGS days, you'd have the person you're playing with sit right there. How would communication go online? Well, the truth is, it really wasn't a big deal at all. And it was really nice to just be able to sit in the house, comfortable space, queue up whenever you feel comfortable. And truthfully, I was kind of surprised by this. But having no stakes to the tournament, no packs to win, I was super relaxed and I was enjoying every second of it. So next time there is a pre-release online as we're still living in these socially distanced days, really take a second to think about exploring some Discord cam magic. It was an absolute blast. Thank you to Channel Fireball. Thank you to my friend for 2HGing with me. And thank goodness that Time Spiraled Remastered was such a lovely, nostalgic dip back into my planeswalking days of yore. Oh, and our last Friday Night Podcast episode as well, we talked about creating the Blue-Red Storm deck, which was fun to pilot. I will say, though, after a few games and a little bit of one-on-one, -on -one, I kind of found that the Empty the Warrens package was not as pungent as I'd hoped it would be. I mean, I could relatively successfully make six to eight tokens when I set it up and take some good disciplined lines and plays, but that just wasn't quite strong enough. Especially when you have a lot of ways of going kind of wide in the format. Rebels does it well, Sapperling Fungus does it quite well, and when you're just putting a bunch of tokens on the battlefield, it wasn't that great. So instead, we switched to some blue-black madness. Since we had the two Ichthyr splits, we had the Dreamscape Artist, we had the Looter Ill Core, and we had some Whiptail Drakes, we had ourselves a pretty decent game plan. Plus, we had some good card draw with Ancestral Vision and Hedron Archive. The Walk the Aeons would push some good flying damage multiple attack steps in a row and we even dipped deep enough to go and play that angel salvation the convoke flying angel six colorless white white etbs prevent up to five damage to creatures and players distributed as you see fit yeah with the calciform pools and the prismatic lens it was nice so a little esper madness discard build was in order and turned out to be quite a lot of fun to play and to draft be able to discard say a card off of dreamscape artist and then recast it pretty gosh darn good so that was a review from our time spiraled remastered play but what about our previous kaldheim predictions let's go through them right quick and see how we did we said that there was going to be a five-color legendary enchantment. In fact, we were right. The Prismatic Bridge, the other side of Eska, part of the Mythic God Cycle. We kind of nailed that one. And plus, on top of that, there was the World Tree Land in itself. Pretty cool. Four-cycle gods in Kaldheim? Absolutely. We already saw uh, Halvar, and we tried to summarize some of them off of that. We did 
okay. I wouldn't say we did very good on guessing what the gods were. Like, I thought the black would be a Phyrexian arena variant, and that's... I don't know, I thought green was going to be like a Garrix Uprising slash Colossal Might type of thing. Definitely not. That was just Eska, and I don't even know what I was talking about with blue. <laughs> Sorry, friends. Uh, the third prediction I made was that Call Time was going to be a light tribal set, which is true. There's a little bit of synergy here and there, especially with cards like Raise the Draugr. We have, of course, the insanely strong Giants deck, and Elves is starting to come around a little bit more as the format goes deeper, and everyone's really trying to hit that green X multicolor shenanigans snow deck. You can sneak in with a good Elves build still. I also then... Took some big swings and some big misses. I thought that perhaps we might see the return of Populate, Proliferate, and maybe we might see a land token enter into call time, all of which I was very off from. So I'll give myself a 2 out of 5, but that's for call time. And we're no longer talking about call time, friends. No, today, friends, we're talking Strixhaven. The School of Mages. Once more across the desk here in Manitscrew Manor, the mystery sheet, the rap sheet, came across my desk. <sighs> I don't know about you, Borok. Is it just me? Or do the mysteries just keep getting trickier and trickier? What do you mean, accent? This is how I talk when there's a mysterious mystery afoot. <sighs> oh, excuse me, Borak. I do not sound like a chain-smoking Joey Wheeler. It's not even the right card game. Oh, I'm not sus, and you're not sus either, my bear friend. No, you know what is sus? These five mysteries that we have culled from Mr. Mark Rosewater's blog talk spoiler post for Strixhaven. We're going to figure out and see if we can't solve these mysteries before the case is already closed on them. This time around, though, we're not going to rate them from one to five. We're not going to exhaust our energy on power ranking these mysterious mysteries. No, we're just gonna see if we can predict them here on the table flat right And yes, we'll do so at a dull roar too. I'm still a little tired from guys this St. Traff's Day. But you know, it's St. Patty's Day here in the Blind Attendities. You know what? I don't need to exposition dump anymore. Let's just get to our five mysteries and see if we can't close the case on these conundrums. The first mystery we're going to tackle is a statement on Mr. Morrow's post that said a future shifted card is appearing in Strixhaven, but he gave even more of a hint. It's appearing for the first time in a premiere set other than Future Sight. This means this is its first printing in a mainline set. We're not talking no master sets, no masters editions, no times power remaster, nada, nada, lima, nada. This is the first time this card is going to be in a standard environment since Future Sight. So, this one is pretty easy to start off with. You look at the Future Shifted cards and eliminate all the things that have already been printed in a mainline set. What's left must be our culprit. We decide to take one from each color because we're not going to look at the lands. I doubt there'll be more from this set. Zoetic Cavern, don't think so. And the artifact Future Shifted cards, no. Fortify is not going to appear. Fortification is just silly. So let's start with the white side of Wuburg. Our prediction, Patrician Scorn. 
three and a white instant. Destroy all enchantments. If you played another white spell though this turn, you may play Patrician Scorn without paying its mana cost. It's a free spell in white. We all know white needs a little bit of a power push anyway. Hey, a little free spell. What's the big deal? Capiche? And this prediction is also leaning on the fact that the word patrician in itself, it stands for a nobleman, an aristocrat, a fancy pants. Do you think there's some fancy pants in Strixhaven? I think so. What do you think, unlucky lounge rats? What about blue? Bonded fetch could come. The 0-2 defend the haste that loots. It's a pretty gosh darn good card, but blue haste is a weird thing to print. Maybe they could, it's an exception with an activated ability. Maybe they try to expand the blue pie to that eventually. But I'm thinking a little bit more outside the box. Of course we know Strixhaven's gonna have a bunch of spell stuff. But you can't just lean on five schools with spell mechanics. This set is more than likely gonna function very similar to guilds in Ravnica. Five schools, each with its own mechanically tied type of interaction. So what about... A blue school, like the Quandrix, blue-green, or Prismari, my baby, my school, my alma mater. Mwah! Theater kids unite. What if one of those two got a mechanic that wasn't about instance of sorceries? Instead, they got the card Arcanum Wings. One blue enchantment aura. Enchanted creature has flying. But it has a weird ability that was only on this one card. The ability is known as Aura Swamp. Two in a blue, you can exchange this aura with an aura from your hand. If this mechanic is well balanced and finds a way to really have some meat to it, some bones to it, this could be a really cool mechanic and I'd be excited to see an aura swap type thing going on. With black, there wasn't a lot of options, my unlucky lounge rats. Maybe there's better ordeal. The Gravestorm card that searches your opponent's library for cards and then exiles them for each card that went to a graveyard this turn, maybe. What about instead another weird, kind of kooky one? A card called Flesh Rider. Two black, black, three, three, with an activated ability. Well, kind of an activated ability. It's known as Transfigure. What this means is you can pay the Transfigure cost, this being one black, black on this card. You sacrifice the creature and set your library for a creature card with the same CMC as the creature and put it onto the battlefield into play, then you shuffle your library. Only sorcery speed for this ability. Something seems resonant to me that the Demir Guild in the first appearance of Ravnica had a very similar mechanic in Transmute that turned spells into other spells. What if Silverquill had this ability to transfigure things? Kind of feels a little schooly, don't you think? For red, I'm calling Thunderblade Charge. One red, red sorcery. It deals three damage to any target. And then whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, if Thunderbolt Charge is in your graveyard, you play two red, 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 and you can play it again without paying its mana cost. This card could be really cool for, say, the Lorehold Guild, the Red, White, History Guild. We all know Boros likes to attack. Who knows? Maybe we could be doing some Thunderblade Charging. Shift it down to say an uncommon. You got yourself a card. A final guess coming from Green. Spell Wild Oof. <laughs> it's like saying that. Oof. 
It's a 1-3 for 1 in green. It's an oof. Spells the target. Spell wild oof. Costs 2 less to play. If we're right about the aura swapping thing, and that the not all the school's gonna have spell-based mechanics to tie them thematically together, then maybe something like Spell Wild Oof might make its way into Strixhaven. And hey, maybe it's not even Spell Wild Oof. Maybe it's a functionally reprinted one, but it has, you know, some kind of creature types that you might see inside of Strixhaven. It's possible, friends. Those are our five guesses for future shifted cards that might appear in Strixhaven. Which one do you think is most likely in Lucky Lounge Rats? Hit me up on them socials. Let's go to our next mystery. Mystery number two. An MDFC with the same card type on both sides that hasn't been printed. The good news is we don't got a lot of stuff to sort through. MDFCs are pretty much new. They came out in Zendikar Rising. They're here now. So we got less than a year worth of content to sift through. Well, it was always kind of my heart and soul to see on one side the school prefects, the heads of the different houses, the student heads, and on the other side some kind of signature spell. Him like this doesn't give me a lot of hope, but hey, beggars can't be choosers. But, we still gotta unravel the base. A modal double-faced card with the same card type on both sides that hasn't been printed. That means it's not two lanes. What if it's a planeswalker? We've seen Will and Rowan Kenrith in the promotional art for the set. Maybe one side of each card is one half of the Royal Saiyans. It's possible. Could be. We have already had an MDFC Planeswalker, kind of, transformed Planeswalker as it were, in Garrick Relentless from the original Innistrad set. But that's not an MDFC, that's a transform card, which makes Will and Rowan Kenrith still possible to be applicable for this mystery number two. I thought maybe to myself, hey, maybe this could be two spells on each side, but that doesn't make it that much different than, say, a split card. And split cards have been around for a very long time. I'm gonna put the case closed on two spells. We're going with two Planeswalkers. Credit to my 2HG partner for coming up with this outstanding theory. Let's hope that this one is a check mark in the Unlucky Lounge book case closed thingamajig. I don't know how to end this sentence. Let's awkwardly transition to mystery number three. Mystery number three. The thing that caught mine and Borak's eyes. Yes, of course, Borak, you're still part of this whole mystery thing. Come on, keep the hat on. You look handsome. Mystery number three. A cycle of enemy dual lands. Finishing off a ten card cycle. Again, the culprits, not that wide. The rap sheet, pretty small. Shocks, duels, done. Pain lands, done. You can go pretty deep on this one. And go back to the pay lands. The ones that you activate and pay one 
and then you get two mana of a pair of colors in your pool. Most popularly, they've been reprinted often in the Commander products, but we only saw the Allied cycle there. Maybe we finish off this pay cycle that first appeared decades ago. I don't know. That's not where my money's at, though. My money's on two other cycles potentially getting a reprint. The first one is the Showlands from Shadows over Innistrad. These are the ones that you reveal a land type of the two different colors the land produces from your hand when you play the card. If you do, the land enters the battlefield untapped. Take, for example, Port Town. It produces white or blue, you show planes and islands, and you got yourself two-color untapped land. You know, this kind of land works pretty well with, say, the Triomes from Ikoria. And note, those Triomes are enemy wedge colors, leading up quite nicely into Strixhaven. Coincidence? I think not, my gumshoe friends. If it's not the Shadows over Innistrad lands, my other money is on the two-color cycle lands from Amonkhet. These are the ones that have the land types on them. The land enters the battlefield tapped, but you can cycle the land for two colorless manas. These cards are quite nifty and look kind of like triomes. The cycle lands work well with the cycle theming from Ikoria. It all connects, friends. The string theory is coming together. Where are my pushpins? So what do I find out, man? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Sylvia. The man does not exist, okay? So I... Mystery number four. They just keep looking more and more sus. As Morrow states, a planeswalker you know, but not as you know them. Those planeswalkers keep getting into trouble. Just more sus and sus as the days go along. So let's take the statement and unravel it. Let's assume number one, that that mystery number two, MDFC with the same card type on both sides. That's Will and Rowan. Let's case close that. Who's up next? Kazmina. Her first appearance, War the Spark. She's got Quandrix Professor written all over her. I don't think that she's going to be duplicitous. So who else is left? Let's go back to War of the Spark. What about the most sus mysterious of them all? The Wanderer. We don't know nothing about this person. They don't know nothing about themselves. They're clouded in mystery. And what better for a mystery than a mysterious one to wander in for us to finally unmask the Wanderer. Put the book to this person. They are donezo. Get the cuffs, Borak. Uh Wait, hold on, Borak. Why'd you stop the music? We were getting into it. We were about to get all... Rah! Wait. Planeswalker's already been spoiled? Let me see that. Wait, Borak, you're right! A three-costing Kazmina? Each of the Planeswalker you control has the loyalty abilities of Kazmina? She's teaching people, that's super cool and... Wait, is that Liliana? Professor Onyx? I mean, it kind of sounds like a Pokemon professor, but 
Oh my gosh, this is so cool. She's actually got a static ability too. Magecraft? Whoa, this is like... I don't even know where to begin. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life? So, maybe she's like the head of Silver Quill and Silver Quill is all about casting spells? Black, white, moving into that universe? That's really cool. Well, I guess Liliana is the planeswalker you know, but not as you know them. You know, I really gotta get on Reddit to be on top of these things. Should probably do that soon. Though we did not power rank these mysteries, we saved the best for last. Because this might be the most impactful of them all. Morrow stated in Strixhaven, We're going to be introduced to a new evergreen keyword. Now my unlucky lounge rats, an evergreen keyword is a keyword that appears in a set irregardless of where you act throughout the multiverse. Classic evergreen keywords, flying, haste, trample, first strike. Vigilance. These can appear anywhere. That means whatever they're adding to the evergreen keyword compendium needs to be something that can be anywhere. That means it's not specific to a plane and that they're probably making it to free up space on a card. Why? The last time we saw a new evergreen keyword was last year in Core Set 20. 21, when they finally keyworded the mechanic of milling. It was a good use of the text box. It conserved space. So now we have to think about contemporary magic. What takes up a lot of space on a text box? Well, let's bury the lead a little bit and give you my second of two theories that I think might be an introduction of a new evergreen keyword. What if we have something like Enhanced? Kind of similar to an unstable mechanic from Grusilda, the black-red legendary creature that looks at things that have been altered, that have been changed. What if we have a keyword that says if a card is enchanted or equipped or its power and toughness changed. A single word that shows that a card has something added to it, be it an actual equipment, aura, or maybe even a counter, that something happens to the creature, that it gains a bonus. That could take up a very small amount of space and conserve text box equity for designers in the future. They use something like a term, enhanced. But I think that might be a little bit tricky. Where do you draw the line with enhanced? What if a creature gets pumped on the turn? How do you navigate that with a keyword like that? So that's why this is my second of two theories. But here's where I think I might have this theory dead to rights. Cards have been pushed quite a lot lately to steal cards from your opponents. Take a look at one of my favorite EDHs, Paco. He exiles cards from the top of your opponent's library. Then you can cast them later. But they have to go through a lot of text on the text box. It gets exiled. A fetch counter is put on it. Then the other half, Halden, 
can cast cards with fetch counters on them. Look at, say, for example, Ganti, Lord of Luxury, the classic from Kaladesh, a 2-3 death touch for 2 black black. When it enters the battlefield, you look at the top 4 cards of your library, you exile one for the rest of the game, you can cast that card. What if we condensed all of this to one single word? Steals. Or stolen. Or some other synonym like that. Or you take a card from your opponent's deck, from their library, from their hand, and you can cast it for the rest of the game. Look at the old Theros card, Psychic Intrusion. Or maybe Covetous Urge from Throne of Eldraine. So much text on that to explain something very simple. We steal the card from our opponent. Please believe that Watsi is going to keep playing onto the idea of us taking things from our opponent. It's an integral part of the game. So let's find a way to reduce it to a single word or maybe a few of them. Let's make the concept of taking a card from our opponent one simple word to steal. Well, my lucky launch rats, that wraps up our five top predictions from Morrow's blog talk post of what we can expect out of Strixhaven. <laughs> Sorry, Borak, I got a little excited there. I forgot to use my indoor voice right now. But tell us what you think about some of our takes. Are they a bit too hot? Maybe a little bit too out of the multiverse? Well, let us know on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Draft and Draft Corey. Find me on Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. And if this show is giving you some joy, consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com backslash draft and draft. And help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, friends, it looks like I found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borak. And this has been Draft and Draft. Now go out there and have some magical, conspiratorial moments of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.